Welcome to Biblical Thinking, a show aimed at helping you build an informed framework so you can live biblically in a fallen world. I'm Brandon Porter. In this episode, we're going to think about growing in your faith, or maybe another way to say that would be how you can mature as a Christian. That's something that many of us want to do, but we struggle to uh, be able to measure out, to find ways, and to stay motivated as we grow spiritually. We want to come alongside of you in this program and be a help and an encouragement to you as we provide some thoughts, some resources. And we're going to do that through three segments. The first one is aimed at the why question. Why grow in your faith? The second segment in the program will be some practical ways that you can grow as a Christian, and then we'll wrap up our time together in this program by answering the question of what is a key in helping to mature spiritually. And so that that's where we're headed over these next few moments. Thanks for joining us. Um, there are lots of other episodes and podcasts at Biblical Thinking, lots of other issues covered and topics that, that we explore, and we'd love for you to find other uh, episodes at our website, biblicalthinking.org. Well, let's get started. Why grow in your faith? That's our first segment here in this program. And let's just start out with three answers to that question. Why grow in your faith? First, a Christian is expected to grow. A Christian is expected to grow. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14 says this, About this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. That sounds like people who are not growing in their faith. The writer goes on and he says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. That doesn't sound like someone who's maturing to me. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the work of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Evil. And so here the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 5, 11 through 14 is using this analogy of milk and solid food, of milk and meat, saying that these Christians ought to be growing on to solid food. They ought to be maturing in their faith. In fact, he says that you're expected to be maturing in your faith, but, but these folks are. They're still on the milk. Uh, that they are still um, in an infancy stage. And so the writer is saying you're expected to grow and then to be able to teach and to share what you've learned with others. Now, don't feel the pressure of being like a formal teacher if that's not something you feel called to do or gifted to be. But you you can be a teacher. You, you can share what you know with other people. And so the first thing we see here in this reason of why you should grow in your faith is that the Christian is expected to grow. A second one is a Christian is commanded to grow. Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. What you need to understand in the context of John chapter 15 is that Jesus says a little earlier in this text that the, the branches that don't bear fruit are cut off and eliminated from the vine. And so so those who would call themselves Christians but are not growing, that, that are not producing fruit in their lives, well, Jesus says they're not really Christians to begin with. And so, so we see in this text that, that we are expected, we are commanded to grow in him. We're expected to 
produce much fruit. And so, so, so j- just as we would expect and, and want our apple tree in our backyard to produce apples, and if, a, if the tree wasn't producing apples or if there wasn't a branch that produced apples, then, then we would eliminate that. We are put there for a purpose, and that, that is to produce fruit. I'm speaking about the apple tree and also about the Christian all at the same time there. I hope you're following me as I kind of bounce around back and forth in my head. But, but we're, we're called to grow as Christians, commanded to grow, in fact. Um, but the interesting thing about this text is that Jesus says, whoever abides in me and I in him. And so there is a dependency there. It's not just something that we accomplish on our own, there is a dependency. He says that we abide in him to bear fruit. Now, what does this mean? To abide in Jesus means that we live with him, that we walk with him, that we spend much time with him. We're going to talk about some ways to do that in the second segment of the program. So stay with me just a moment, but let's think about this. Uh, Consider how you learn a skill. We need a teacher to learn a skill, whether it's the child who, who's learning to uh, walk or throw a baseball or uh, the, the young adult who's learning to cook or, or whatever it is we're looking to accomplish. We need a teacher. Maybe this comes through one-on-one instruction, someone who is just right there saying, put your hands here, do this, make that your next step, just walking you through one step at a time. But it also could be a teacher who comes to you through books. Maybe they've written a manual or or some kind of a guide that helps you uh, to develop a certain skill. In the day and age that, that we live, I, I know that I sure watch a lot of online videos. Really, there's you know anything from learning how to cook meat on the grill to repair your small engine on your lawn uh, mower. Uh, there's a video for that. There, there's videos on everything online. And so there are teachers readily available to help us learn. As we look at this text, we we learn that, that we will bear fruit when we abide in Christ. That is, we stay near to him. We let him teach us. And the interesting thing about that is as we spend time with Jesus, we grow in our love for Jesus. And this leads us to the third reason for growing spiritually. A Christian connects with Christ through spiritual growth. We grow in our relationship with Jesus, our love for Christ through our growth. Listen to Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Jesus is speaking here. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the language of a teacher. It's someone passing on knowledge, information, skill to another person. Jesus is calling to those who who, who are under distress, who, who would consider themselves weary and burdened. And he's saying, come and learn from me. My teaching is not going to lay more burdens on you. In fact, it's going to bring rest to your souls. I want you to see if you can finish this sentence in your mind. It's a familiar sentence from a Bible passage. Be still and know that I am God. That comes from Psalm chapter 46, verse 10. I wonder if you know the context of that sentence, of that of that Bible passage. Listen to the entire psalm here with me for just a moment. It's short, 
Now I want you to know the context of that well-known verse, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Did you hear that? The psalm spoke of times of struggle, of great difficulty, of, uh, of the entire earth trembling in distress and in difficulty. The psalmist speaks about God's working in this time of struggle. God's invitation, the only time God speaks, the psalmist speaks about what's happening, about how God is working in the world, but the only time that, that we hear God speak is in verse 10 in this psalm, and he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. How is he exalted among the nations? How is he exalted in the earth? When he is exalted in the hearts and in the lives of Christians, when they lift up his name, when they do his will, when they preach his word, where they share his good news, when they grow spiritually in their dependence on him, then they know he is God, they are comforted in times of difficulty, they grow in their love for him, and they move forward in their faith and obedience to him. And so, as we come to the end of this first segment, why should we grow as Christians? First, Christians are expected to grow. Second, Christians are commanded to grow. And then third, Christians connect with God through spiritual growth. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with me here on Biblical Thinking. I want to share with you some practical ways in this segment that you can grow in your faith. Now, some of these are built out of these two resources that I want to share with you. And, um, and so I want to just introduce you to two great resources, two great teachers who have been a help to me in spiritual growth and uh, to many other people. And so here comes the resources. First of all, Spiritual Dis Disciplines for the Christian Life. It's written by Dr. Donald S. Whitney. That's Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. And then the second one is Growing Your Faith, How to Mature Spiritually, and it's written by Jerry Bridges. Growing Your Faith, How to Mature Spiritually. Both of those you can find um, on all of the major online uh, retail bookstores. Um, you can probably find some of them in local bookstores as well. Now, here are a few recommendations specifically from Dr. Whitney in his book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. 
these are uh, not necessarily things that he invented, but things that he pulled together and offers some practical tips. And uh, I'm going to offer some other thoughts uh, along with them as well as we walk through them. First of all, he starts with the basic foundation, and that is Bible intake. Uh, that's just another way of saying reading your Bible on a regular basis. That's a primary way that we can grow spiritually. Um, for some people who are new Christians or maybe people who aren't Christians but want to start reading the Bible, a great place to start is the Gospel of John. We learn a lot about Jesus uh, there in the Gospel of John and what God is trying to accomplish through the work, the ministry, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ that, that comes in the Gospel of John. But maybe if you're ready to take a next step and you want to uh, think through how can you read through the New Testament or the Old Testament or the whole Bible, you might consider a Bible reading plan. Now, Dr. Whitney does offer some of those at his website, biblicalspirituality.org, biblicalspirituality.org. You can find them at the Gospel Coalition's website. I saw some just the other day at a a website called Ligonier um, Ministries, L-I-G-O-N-I. I-E-R, Ligonier Ministries, uh, which is, I think, Ligonier.org. Uh, there, there are some great Bible reading plans there. And so that that is a, a way to help you formulate a strategy for reading God's Word. And when we talk about reading your Bible on a regular basis, we're talking about reading it daily or as close to daily as you can get. Uh, We know that that sometimes schedules get crazy and uh, the routine gets thrown out the window, uh, but but you want to try to read it as often as you can. Uh, You can use highlighters or a pen to underline key verses or phrases in your Bible. You could write down thoughts in the margin or maybe even questions um, that that would help you remember, you know, the next time I see so-and-so, I'm going to ask them about this. Um, Maybe there's something that that you would want to share with with other people, or maybe you just want to write it down because I want to hold on to this. This is something God taught me uh, through reading this specific text. And so so have something that that you can make some notes with there with you as you read God's Word. Um, and, And that leads us to the second thing. So the first one is Bible intake, reading your Bible on a regular basis. The second one is journaling. Now, that that may be a stretch for some of us, um, probably even more so for men than women, but, you know, this doesn't have to be complicated, and we're not necessarily talking about a diary here. And so, so, so just start basic and start on an introductory level. Uh, take, take out a journal. Maybe it could just even be a legal pad or something. You know, it doesn't have to be a formal journal, notebook type thing. It can just be a pad. But, but, but it'll take your Bible reading to the next level when you jot down thoughts that you've learned from what you've read. Maybe just a sentence. Maybe you might even write something down in the morning. Um, Today I read such and such passage and then return to it later in the day and you can jot down some thoughts that that you've processed through. Maybe you could write down some ways that that, that you could see this implemented in your life or, or maybe some ways that you are praying God will implement this into your life. Uh, This leads to a key reason for reading the Bible. I think this journaling helps to point to this. And so, so, so here it is. When we read and then we write it down, we can watch how the Holy Spirit works throughout the day 
as he brings that scripture reading back to our minds. It's amazing how God does that, how how he takes his word and then throughout the day, he comes back around to it. He brings it to our minds. We think about it some more. We learn about it. We find new applications or, or maybe some better ways to even understand it. We're able to share it with other people. God does that through his word throughout the day. Uh, think This image comes to my mind when I think about this. If you've ever had a campfire or, or, or maybe you've ever uh, worked with the grill and, and there, there are some, a bed of coals, there are those embers that are laying there at the bottom of your fireplace. And they, they look ashy and they look white. You can still feel some heat coming off of them, but you don't know how much life is really left in it until you start blowing just a little bit of air across those embers. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden they begin to glow red and orange again. And, and maybe some, some, somewhere over that, that grate in that fire, you have some paper <laughs> that, that, that is above it. it. It's sitting on a grate in the fireplace and, and just, just the, the air moving in between that paper and those coals causes the coals to rise up in their heat and that fire that that fire just jumps onto that paper and all of a sudden there is fresh fire where you thought the fire was out it's very similar as we think about what god does with his word how the holy spirit will bring air, will breathe over those embers of God's word that that you have read, that you have thought through earlier in the day. He continues to fan the flame and to stir them up um, as they are rooted down into your heart and into your mind. And so so journaling can help you do that. That, That's one of the things um, I I think it's helpful to me, uh, not only to read something, but then to actually write it down with my own hand, or, or you know, even type it out on a keyboard if you wanted to do that, or on your on your uh, tablet, so, something like that. But, but, but being able to transfer that helps me to keep it in my mind. And then, as the Holy Spirit begins to stir, that that re- makes us think of this third thing, which is prayer. And so, our first way uh, to grow spiritually is to take in God's Word. Our second is to process, is to journal and and, and meditate on it, holding on to it throughout the day. And then as these things happen, um, I think prayer is, is a natural next step. It's a natural flow in this process of growing spiritually. Prayer is rooted in all that the Christian does. You may read your Bible and then have to walk away to a task, but you can pray all along the day. You, you can you, you can be in constant conversation with God. And so, so, so we want to pray through the Bible. We want to ask God to help us understand or to implement texts that, that we read into our daily lives. We want to pray through our journaling. The, the journal could be a great place to write down prayer needs and how God answers those requests that we bring to him. Uh, we can pray by praising God by by looking around and seeing his beauty and the nature around us, by giving him thanks for the friends, for the relationships that he has put in our lives, through our family, through our church family, through our friends, through 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 other folks who, who he's placed in our lives. We can confess our sin to God through prayer. Just because we're walking with him doesn't mean that we have reached perfection just quite yet. And so there are still sins to confess regularly to God. And then we can ask him for opportunities to share our faith with others. We can be praying for others, specifically praying for people who don't know Christ. 
And so I would just ask you that question directly. Are you regularly asking God to bring friends and family members to faith in Jesus? Are you asking him to give you opportunities to share your faith? And now that leads us to our fourth way to grow as a Christian, and that is to share our faith. It may seem a little odd. It may seem bold. But the Christian is commissioned by Jesus to share their hope, to share the good news, to share their faith. Sharing your faith makes you more dependent upon Christ because it pushes us out there to share about this relationship, to share about the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness that we have received, that we are receiving through Jesus. And so so sharing our faith allows us to continue to grow in our faith. Now, listen, I want to encourage you, don't overcomplicate this. You can keep it simple. You could use a pamphlet or a tract. You could share it with folks that, that cross your path throughout the day. Um, and so so don't, don't go all the way to the nth degree of complexity. Just keep it simple in sharing your faith. The final way that, that we grow in our faith is to get connected with other believers. And I'm going to spend our last few moments talking about that. And so stick with me, and we're going to talk about getting connected with other believers. And so so just as we wrap up this second segment, some practical ways that, that we can grow in our faith, taking in God's Word, journaling, writing down what we've learned, questions we have, prayer requests, thoughts along the way as we walk with Christ. Third is prayer. It's in communion with God through conversation with God. And we talked about ways that that we can pray. And then we talked about sharing our faith. In just a moment, I want to talk to you about being connected with other believers um, as a key in your spiritual growth. Stay with me for that last segment. All right, let's head into this final segment. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Biblical Thinking. I hope that it has stirred up your thinking um, as you consider ways to grow spiritually. Maybe it's caused you to take an inventory and and ask, am I really growing spiritually um, as I walk with Christ? And so uh, so let, let, me, let me pass on this final word of encouragement to you here in this third segment. I want to talk to you about getting connected in a local church as you grow spiritually. You know, for lots of years of my life, I played team sports. I enjoyed playing basketball, and maybe not as much as these other two, but I enjoyed playing baseball quite a bit, and I enjoyed playing football a whole lot. There were certain aspects of each of those sports that I enjoyed, but one of the common themes through all of them was the relationships that came with other players and with coaches. There was accountability that came out of those relationships. If you missed a practice, someone called to check on you. If you made a mistake, someone corrected you and somebody usually encouraged you to pick it up or to fix it or to do it better next time. If you got injured, someone was there to help you. If you did something well, well, you had someone or maybe lots of someones to cheer for you. Um, If you made a good play or you showed improvement or, you know, whatever that is, that, that was an enjoyable thing. There were always people around to help you at different stages of, of practice in a game and in your life as an athlete on a team. Now, as an adult with a crazy schedule, 
I just don't have time for team sports anymore. And if I'm honest, maybe I don't have the knees or the shoulders for it either. Um, I've struggled, though, to find a consistent group or even a consistent person to exercise with over the years. Just, again, because of my crazy schedule and and, and finding a routine um, and, and, and being able to be at the same place at the same time every day to meet someone there. It's just not something I've been able to pull off. And it's been tough. It's hard to go to the gym alone. It's hard to go to a field and and run or exercise or to a track. It's hard to do that alone. The same is true in spiritual growth. If you're trying to go it alone, you've picked a hard road. Even more, you've picked something that isn't what the Bible recommends or calls for. You see, there's no record of a church where people are encouraged to show up sit on the back row, slip out at the very end of the service, and let that count as their church involvement. The New Testament calls Christians to be a part of a body, a group of believers living and growing together. All throughout the Old Testament, the people of Israel are called just that, the people. It's never just individuals. It's about a people in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, always a group, always a body. Now, it's hard to be a part of a church. There is no doubt about that. It's hard because people will hurt you, but they'll also help you. They will provide that wisdom, that accountability, that encouragement, um, that that motivation so often. And so I want to encourage you to come alongside. And so I'm, I'm doing more here than just saying show up or take the next step and join a small group or a Sunday school class. I'm calling you to find someone, to, to ask someone to be your partner and to ask them to help you to grow spiritually and to commit to them that as the best you can, you'll help them grow spiritually. Maybe that's just going to start by getting together regularly, by committing to pray for one another. But I think a key in your growing spiritually is to find someone else who will walk with you as you desire to become more like Jesus. Thanks for listening to this episode of Biblical Thinking. You can find this episode again at our website, biblicalthinking.org, and there you'll be able to find lots of other episodes on important topics that we think will be a great help to you in life. We hope you'll visit us at biblicalthinking.org. Until next time, thanks for listening. I'm Brandon Porter.